Live Nation, welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. Uh, I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Jawan Carter. What's up, Jawan? What's going on? Glad to be back. I've been gone for too long. Yes, you have been gone for too long. But to be fair to you, we had a we had a mock draft show, and then you know we weren't we weren't able to have a show. Uh, that was the only show we had last week, so it's uh, it's you know, kind of been more of a of a group thing than just you. Um, but yeah, it's good good to have you back, uh, ready to talk some some basketball. We got a lot of games to catch up on. Uh, we got three games played in each of the conference uh, finals, so let's let's get started uh, with the Celtics and the Cavaliers. Uh, so the Celtics took both games at home. No shocker. Um, the Cavs dominated game three. They're winning pretty handily right now. Um, I think you predicted Celtics in seven. Are you, uh, are you still feeling good about that, that prediction? Do you think probably maybe every, every home team just, just wins? Uh, I mean, it looks like that. I, I mean, we've said this, Nick, since the beginning of the playoffs, these series that seem like they could go either way, um, Games like teams that win the games at home, I'm, I don't want to say it means nothing, but like Cavs blowing Boston out twice at home, that doesn't tell me like, oh, man, like, all right, bet your money on LeBron. All that tells me is both teams just know how to defend home court really well. So it'll come right. down to whoever's home for game seven, which is Boston. That's why I said right. I felt comfortable before the series saying, I think they could do it in seven. Um but to me, the the biggest thing is um, whoever steals, uh, whoever steals away home court. So if Cavs can on Wednesday, I believe, uh, win in Boston, then it's like okay, cool, there we go. But if they can't, and it comes down to whoever's home in in, in Game Seven, then I still feel very comfortable with Boston in seven. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much feel the same way. I think. I think whoever wins Game Five wins that series. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like that is that is just that's going to be the crucial game. Um, I would feel I would give Cleveland a chance if they didn't win it because you put LeBron in a Game Seven, anything can happen. Um, but it would be it would be pretty demoralizing, especially if they get blown out again in Boston. Um, and if Boston loses Game Five, I don't give them. Yeah, I. I, I I don't want to say I give them no chance, but pretty much, you know, I mean, if they lose game five, they've now lost three in a row and they got to go back to Cleveland to try and steal back home court advantage to push to seven. That's going to be really tricky. So, um, yeah, I, I ultimately I agree with you. I think whoever wins game five uh, eventually wins the series. Um, and that'll be a really intriguing game. Um, one thing about these conference finals, man, they've been kind of boring. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. think, uh, I think the closest, the closest any game was was 13 points, and that was game two of um, the Celtics and the Cavs, and uh, the Rockets-Warriors game one was also decided by 13 points. Um, everything else, like, it, so essentially they've all been blowouts because even those two games, they were never really in question. It wasn't like, you know, the the game was closer than the lead let on, you know, like it, it hasn't been like that. Yeah. So they've been pretty um, – Yawn worthy, if you will. Um, but as far as as far as you know, these games go, they've pretty much like 
you know, been par for the course uh, with this, with these, you know, at least for the, the Celtics and the Cavs. Um, I do want to uh, uh, point out that um, LeBron, he has, of course, been pretty magnificent. He had a rough game one. He rebounded in game two. And in game three, he was just crazy good. Um, had 12 assists, had 27 points, two blocks, two steals, uh, five boards. Uh, like, those those two blocks at the rim were, like, very impressive. It, it kind of reminded me of, like, you know, 2012 LeBron there for a little bit, um, which it, it really kind of goes to show you, like, he he he's just one of those guys. He has that switch, and if, if he flips it um, – and is able to impact the game not just on getting his own buckets, but also on the defensive end. Um, and we know he's a good passer; like he's going to get guys open looks. Um, but I think a lot of like whether they make those or not has to do with just the kind of tempo that he sets. And he has set the right tempo uh, well tonight and uh, in Game Three. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I, I just see it to where it's like, uh, and I think I said this last time we spoke, if the Pacers, and this isn't like to, to knock them whatsoever, because um, I, I told yeah. you they were definitely a shock for me this year, but if the Pacers can take this team to seven games, um, and we all agreed that they may have been able to beat Cleveland if not for coaching errors down the stretch of that series. Yeah, Um mm-hmm. I feel like Boston can do it, even if LeBron has – because remember, he had – I'm not going to say monster games, but some really good games in those Pacer series, and they still lost. Yeah. He just couldn't get any help, any consistent help. Uh, yeah. I don't like saying he doesn't have any help. He has it. It's just not consistent. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and I, I, wanted, I wanted to say, because I've been hearing this uh, a lot, uh, with a lot of people saying how well Boston's doing – without their two superstars. I said to someone the other day, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you would know uh, definitely, Nick, I do not recall the last time in the past 20 years a NBA team has been able to win a championship with no stars. I mean, no stars. We don't even have to go the route of superstars. You can just say stars. Won a finals with no stars. Um, I mean, the closest that you – the, uh, yeah, the closest that you would come to that is Detroit, like the Pistons in 2004. Um, right. But, but those, I mean, they're, they didn't have any superstars, but they have four all-stars. Like, right. So, to me, I to mean. Me, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about no all-stars, no stars, just a bunch right. of really, really, really good either up-and-coming players or just really great role players. The reason why I bring yeah. this up is um, for everyone who's saying, you know, if you're the Celtics, you don't need Kyrie, you don't need Gordon Hayward. The thing is, that catches up to you. It, it completely catches up to you. And what, what could catch up to Boston, and we talked about this before, is youth. Youth. Majority yeah. of your scoring comes from guys who have never been in games this big. <laughs> Jason Tatum's first right. year, and this is Jalen Brown's second year. So you're depending on your young core to rise and do something they've never done before. And it, it's possible they could do it. I mean, I picked them to win it all, so I have faith that they can. But to yeah. me, either in this series 
whether it's a game six or game seven, when you're gonna when you're gonna need the feel of a guy, um, or like I said in the finals, you're going to you're going to miss uh, that that superstar at some point because you're gonna need a guy who can just get you a bucket when no one else can, and that's right. what those guys are for. So I mean, I I watch Boston, and to me, they're somewhat kind of like the Spurs are to where Popovich runs it to where it's like if one guy goes down, we fill another guy in, and we just keep it going. But as you saw this year, it caught up to them not having their superstar. They, they yeah. severely missed their superstar. And to me, no matter how great the coaching is, you can't, like, because everyone's saying, oh, you can just take a bunch of players and they can make up what one superstar does. No, they can't. <laughs> That's the difference between <laughs> role players and superstars. They just don't have, you know, what a superstar does. So, to me, I look at this series and I go, uh, like you said, game five is definitely going to be important. But I'm going to say game five will show me if Celtics have what it takes to win uh, these huge games um, without without a superstar. Because I feel as though Cavs have theirs. They have LeBron. LeBron's going to show up when they need him to. Um, But if you're Celtics, you're going to have that moment late in the game but maybe some of your guys are just cold and you need someone who can just initiate offense. My question yeah. for Boston and for Mr. Stevens is who's going to be that guy? Yeah. I mean, I mean, essentially they have a lot of guys who could be that guy, but you don't have a guy who is that guy. Um, right. So I, I feel you on that. Like you are certainly missing Kyrie Irving. Like, cause Kyrie Irving is that guy that, I mean, he was even that guy in Cleveland. If they, if they needed yep. a bucket, in Cleveland, they pretty much gave the ball to Kyrie and let him do his thing because he is a better one-on-one player than LeBron James. He's not a better overall player by any means, right. but he's a better one-on-one player. Um, and, uh, like, using LeBron or having LeBron out on the floor, like, essentially completely prevents you from trying to double-team him. Um, so that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons he was so effective there. Um but yeah, I mean he's he's your bucket getter. I, I I think right now I would I would kind of default to Tatum. Um, uh, you hit the nail on the head that you know Tatum was was gonna have uh like a, a monster playoffs. I think you called that early on in that Sixer series. So you know one um, one series already you know through. But uh, but I mean that that is carried over. In fact, he was probably the only really effective player on the court in game three. I mean, he had 18 points uh, on six of 10 shooting, so 60%, um, six of eight from the line. That's not bad. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a block, an assist, a rebound, just, you know, uh, the, you know, he had an effective game. No one else really did. I mean, Horford only attempted four shots and made two of them. Uh, and he yeah. had, out of any of the starters, he had a plus minus a minus 11, Everybody else was minus 20 or worse. So, like, it seems like Tatum is your guy. I, I think he has to be your guy. Um, and it sucks that he's a rookie because um, he hasn't been through this before. But he's just your best pol- – like, it's crazy to say because he is a rookie. He's just your best polished, like, score. Um, I'm telling yeah. you, that it's, it's so funny, man, because, like, he reminds me so much of Melo when Melo was young. Like – um, I like I I think he 
obviously has the tools to be a more well-rounded player than Melo. Um, mm-hmm. But I know you know. But I know you know this, and and I know people have short memories. Um, so I mean, a lot of people, you know, just when they think of Melo, they just think of you know, oh, well, he had that one good season in New York, but, you know, like, for the most part, they sucked, and, like, now he's washed and everything. And it's like, dude, when they when he was in Denver, they were really fucking good. Like, they yeah. pushed the Lakers to seven games and, like, really could have won that series. They didn't, but they, they were right there. They could have. Um, and that would have put them, I think, in the Western Conference Finals. Um or maybe maybe the looked, NBA finals. I can't remember, but no, it was the um, NBA. It was the Western Conference finals. Yeah, um, but like, yeah. but yeah, I see so much of of Melo in Tatum, it, just as far as his ability to to score. Like he is just a bucket getter, and um, and you know he found himself in the perfect situation because I think he was going to do that regardless of where he went, but because he went to right. Boston where they develop players so well, he's become so much more than that. Um, it's crazy to think of, like, you know, obviously it's just revisionist history, but what, you know, what Mello could have been, you know, had he been coached by a guy who maybe um, was, like, just a little uh, a little more patient and a little more analytical, you know? Like, um, I mean, no, no knock on, on uh, I think it was, what, George Carl, who, who coached the Denver team for – yeah, for the majority of the time, Melo was there. Um, so no knock on him. I mean, he's an all-time great coach. But I mean, I, I just think we're seeing something so special in Boston with Brad Stevens. Um, I think he's, he's just—he's—he's the—he's the man, dude. I like I—I I, I would be very surprised if, when his career is all said and done, he's not in the topic of conversation for greatest, one of the greatest. Yeah, or just the greatest coach of all time. Like, I feel like if he yeah. continues the way he's going, he's going to be in that conversation. I'm not going to say he, like, will be the, you know, hands-on hands favorite. But, you know, when you say greatest coach of the modern era, I think you're going to maybe start with Phil Jackson, go to Greg mentioned. Popovich, and then Brad Stevens. Like, you, you know, I mean, in that I'll, order I'll as far say... as t- the timeline goes. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'll even say as far as what you were saying about Tatum, uh, the biggest advantage he has is he's not only more disciplined, um, but he's way more mature than Melo was uh, That's in, in his true. first year. Um, yeah. So Tatum, the, the sky is the limit because anytime you get a player who you give a workload like this, especially in the playoffs, and who dedicates a lot to scoring, but just as much to defense also, that is a guy uh, that you can truly take and make something special out of. Melo just, he never was that. And honestly, I don't really blame George Carl. I blame his, uh, I think it was Behan. Was it Behan? I'm not sure if it was. Uh, but his college coach. Yeah, that was his Mello. college coach. He allowed, yeah, he allowed Melo to only score, never really uh, got on him about defense. Melo was just, he was never interested in defense. And what was crazy was the, the one year he was just phenomenal in New York. The guy played really good defense that year. Excuse me. Uh, Mike Woodson got him to play really – he got him to buy in. Um, so, Melo yep. always had the, the ability of playing good defense. He's never really cared for it. So, I mean, you look at a guy like Jason Tatum, and like I said, he's just way more disciplined um, and way more mature than Melo was. But I agree. I do see the similarity. If he could develop a, a, a back down 
like a uh, a better post game like Melo had uh, in his first year, Jason Tatum already uh, shoots the three at, at a good clip. If he could do uh, back in the post, oh man, that guy'd be unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I definitely think that's your guy, even though he's so young. Um, like if you just if you just need a bucket, I mean, it's like Utah. I mean, if Utah just needed a bucket, you know who they were going to. They were going Donovan Mitchell. Right. Um, but I, I man, I just watched the that play right before halftime, and I was like, I thought that was going to be in J, like J.R. Smith taking a one foot turnaround shot, like fading away, like that has to fall, man. Like that's that's the kind of shot J.R. actually makes. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that'll be interesting. What one more thing that I want to discuss too, um, and I feel like I have the perfect person on tonight to to be able to um, kind of go into this topic. Um, so the Pacers take them seven games. This is going at least six, probably seven. I would bet it goes seven. Um, but the Raptors get swept. How much of a pretender does this, like, really, like, the Raptors look like such a huge pretender. Like, and – like you, you've been the guy pretty much preaching from the beginning. Don't buy into it. Like, don't believe the hype. Uh, so, I just want to ask you, like, you know, we, we've we've talked about the Raptors a good bit, but like, just how big of a pretender? Like, 59 wins, but you still get swept by the Cavs. That it's it's remarkable. It really is. Like that you could get swept by the Cavs when Indy took them seven. And Boston is probably going to take them seven, at least six, um, without their two best players. Uh, and, you know, and not to mention, Indies, you know, uh, they've only had a year to prepare. They've only had a year of this of this core of players. I mean, they had a shit ton of turnaround. They got obviously got a new point guard, a new shooting guard, a new small forward. Um, the only pieces that they have, you know, from their core from last year is, Thaddeus Young and Miles Turner, um, and I guess they picked up Stevenson at the end of last year. Uh, but yeah, man, like what's the Raptors, man? Just the biggest, the, the biggest pretender that I've seen in years, as far as like the hype that they started to get and just not living up to it even close. I, I'll say this: um, I don't think they're pretenders. And this, this is why I'll say I don't think they're pretending. This is a hey, I think for, for for you to say this, Juan. I I think this qualifies for a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does. I think I'm getting nauseous <laughs> even, even trying to drum up the words. Um, but no, seriously. Uh, in all respect to Toronto, I feel as though if they played any other team, uh, like let's say Indiana eliminated the Cavs. Let's let's just say Indiana eliminated the Cavs. I think we would have Toronto in the NBA Finals. Um, that team, to me, just seems like LeBron is the boogeyman. Like, LeBron is John Wick to the, uh, to the Raptors. <laughs> like, you, you just you say his name, and they, they, they just get scared, and they're like, listen, I want no trouble. Just take what you want. If you want, if you want this round, have it. We want nothing to do with you. Um, so I won't say pretenders because I'm sure in Jordan's time, there were teams he would play in the playoffs that seemed good during the regular season, but it's just nothing you can do against Jordan. It, uh, it was pretty much every good. team. 
It was pretty much every <laughs> right. team he played in the playoffs. <laughs> right. Except uh, Orlando did get him. Orlando did get him that one year when he came back at the very. Uh, I think it was '95. I want to say. Oh, yeah, 90, that was when they lost to the Yeah, that's when Orlando. Yeah, lost yeah. lost to the Rockets. Yeah. So like they got uh, him that one year, but I mean Jordan only played 17 games in the regular season because he came back. Right. To, came out of retirement, played 17 games in the regular season, and he was just rusty. Um, and then they, they came back the following year and decimated the fucking magic. So, <laughs> But, no, I mean, I look at it like this, to be fair, not not for me to spew out my, my Raptors hate. I feel like if they played uh, any other team, they'd have a great shot to be in, you know, at least the Eastern Conference Finals, if not the NBA Finals. It's just something about them and LeBron. I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is, but it just makes them shrink up so bad. When you were alluding to what I was calling them, excuse me, uh, ahead of the series when I said just don't buy into them, because uh, to me they're, they're one of those teams that it's like, you know what they remind me of? They remind me of sure. Peyton Manning. And the, the reason why I make that comparison is during a regular season, you're like, all right, they got the pieces. Like, they can do it. And then it just seemed, even though Peyton Manning did uh, did best him a, a few times, so it's not completely the the exact analogy. He won two, right? Because he won one in Denver. Two. Yeah, he won two. It just seemed yeah. like every time Peyton Manning had to go up against Tom Brady in the playoffs, he just could not get past him. <laughs> Outside of those That's two true. times, because he did do it twice, it just seemed like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick just were the boogeyman to Peyton Manning. Like, he just would shrink up. He would shrink up. So, to me – uh, Toronto, if they played anybody else, they would have shown that the regular season wasn't a fluke. It just happened, you know, that them against LeBron, they, they just shrivel up. Uh, but I will not say um, that they were like a fraud or anything like that. I think there's just something about LeBron that just completely throws everything off with uh, their two best uh, best players. Sorry. You, you know what? Dwayne Casey should have thrown the should have thrown the tail into the season once it was decided that the Cavs are going to be four or five. Like, <laughs> oh, well, I guess I guess it wasn't because they were fighting for three. That's right, because Philly and yeah. them were fighting for three. Um, yeah, I, I'll still I'll still maintain LeBron let Philly win that game because he was like, I want the four seed. <laughs> I want Toronto in the second round. <laughs> Because, um, I mean, he knows he can beat them. And, uh, like, there's just no fear. In fact, like, I, I think a, a lot of problems, at least a little bit of what happened with the Pacers was he was kind of surprised. He was like, damn, this team's actually, like, not afraid of me. You know, like, they're they're actually out here competing and, like, you know, winning games, you know, uh, handily, like like kicking, kicking the crap out of our team. Um and, you know, I mean, just to go in and get game one was so huge for them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give some credence to that. We'll give we'll give Toronto a pass, but I still call them pretenders, man. Because I, <laughs> like, I, I'll say this. Uh, I'll say this. They, they probably would have beaten Indiana. I'll give you that. Ain't no way they would have beat the Celtics. No chance. Um, I, I just I don't, I, I don't see it. I don't see I don't it, man. Yeah. Like, I – Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, no, I mean, you can go ahead. I mean, I just, I, 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 I think I know where you're going to go with it, but go ahead and go there and I'll, I'll react. Well, no, I was just going to say, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. 
the biggest advantage that I give them is, um, you know, I, you look at the Celtics and you just go, they're giving LeBron everything. And there's a good chance to go six to seven. And LeBron just completely wiped the floor with, with Toronto. But I just kind of feel as though Toronto and Boston, just go by players. Forget coaching. Just go by players. They're kind of pretty even. Because you know, I don't think much of Kyle Lowry. So I think they only have one great player. Um, so I think they're, they're, they're pretty even keel as far as really good role players. Uh, Raptors have a really good bench. Um, so it just comes down to can DeMar DeRozan show up every game? And I think in that series, he would have been able to. But to the point that you're making about pretenders, if the Raptors would have lost to the Wizards, they would have been, and this is just modern, modern times, the biggest pretenders I have seen in years. <laughs> in years. Yeah. Um, but I, I would have given them a chance. I won't say definitively they would have beaten Boston, but I would have given them a way better chance against Boston than I would have ever given them against Obama. Yeah, but you would still take Boston. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, that's yeah. right. <laughs> um, yeah, me too. Uh, I would probably take Boston in six in that series. Uh, one one other advantage is that they would have home court advantage, um, which would right. you know, probably play a bigger factor in that series, being that Boston doesn't play or hasn't played well on the road. I mean, they've only won one road game in this playoffs, which is probably the most concerning thing about them. Um, is they're undefeated at home, but they really struggled to win on the road, and we're, we're you know we're seeing that um, you know come to uh, seems like it's going to come to fruition tonight unless they just take a huge pivot and play super great in the second half. Um, but yeah, so that that's 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 a nice little hot take for the audience out there uh, to get to hear Juwan <laughs> defend the Raptors a little bit. I like it. I like it. Um, but let's move on. Let's move on to the West. We got the uh, the Warriors um, against the Rockets. Uh, the Warriors uh, took game one and three. Uh, the Rockets played a terrific game, too. Um, like, watching that game, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, if you played like this the majority of the time, you you could beat this Warriors team. Like, you were, you were making them work so hard on defense. There was one play, I think it was in the second quarter, where they essentially, like, look – I was like, that That looked like the Warriors. Like, if you had just taken, like, uh, like, a, like a diagram or something, like where you couldn't see anybody's, like, faces and, and no one had any, like, team colors or anything like that, and you were like, this, this is the Rockets versus the Warriors, and this is the, the play that went down. It essentially, like, it went <laughs> – it, the ball moved around to like seven or eight different times and ended up with P.J. Tucker in the corner who faked the three, drove to the bucket, and then shoots it back out to Eric Gordon who drops a wide-open three. Like, I was, I was just like, oh, my God, dude, you guys, why don't you play like this all the fucking time? Like, this is what you should be doing. You should stop this ISO ball shit and play like this. This is... And it was funny because as, as I was watching the game, and I'm going to talk mostly about game two because game one and game three were just fucking boring to me because it's kind of what we expected as far as, you know, the Warriors to, um, you know, essentially play their game and, and win. I mean, even despite the fact that I picked Houston, you know, in the back of my head, it was more of a, 
it was more of a the, the the team I wanted to win as far as you know more than more so than the team I actually thought was going to win. Um, but like to see them like play like that and essentially to best the Warriors by playing like the Warriors, tiring them out on defense by moving the ball and forcing them to chase it. They played so great, and and there were times in that game where they reverted back to ISO ball, and I just remember being like, oh, great, here we go. They're going, but, like, it's like they would catch themselves doing it and be like, okay, wait, we this this is what hasn't been working. Um, let's, let's, you know, go back to this. Um, it, it was phenomenal to watch, and I was just like, okay, like, now you have a chance. Uh, and then as soon as you think they had a chance <laughs> – Golden State to demolish them by 41 fucking points in game three. And it was, um, it was bad. It was, it was like, I I honestly didn't even watch the whole game. That's, I I couldn't. Um, It was just, it was devastatingly awful, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Um, But what, you know, what do you see from this series? Obviously, you picked Golden State to win, and I want to say six. and it's that's probably. I mean, it's looking like that's probably going to happen. I'd probably give Houston one more game. I feel like if nothing else, they'll win Game Five um, when they go back to Houston. Um, but you know, what do you see from this series, and what do you think it will take uh, in order for Houston to actually kind of scare them? Because even though they 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 beat them like very very uh, decisively in Game Two, obviously. Uh, it, it it wasn't scaring the Warriors because they came out in Game Three and just dominated. Yeah, well, I just wanted to correct you. I said five. Uh, I need you to remember oh, I had no okay. faith in the Rockets. That's <laughs> right. You did say five. I think I think Luke said six. <laughs> right. Um, as far as what they need to do, I'll just repeat everything uh, that I said uh, before the series. You got to get Chris Paul to average between fifteen and twenty and ten. Like 15, point, 15 or 20 points and 10 assists every game. You need Harden to average 30 and 10. These are not hard numbers to ask from your two best players. I, I, I feel yeah. And to me, saying 15 and 10 from Chris Paul should not be something difficult. Um, and 30 and 10 from Harden, especially with how many times he tries to go to the, the free throw line and how many shots he jacks up, I don't think that's too much to ask. Um, I feel as though yeah, and and too. for and just for perspective for our viewers, um, you said average thirty and ten and twenty and ten. Uh, Chris Paul had uh, thirteen and four in uh, game three, and Harden had twenty and nine. So uh, although yeah. I will I will give I will give Paul this he did he did get ten rebounds. So not that you really mm-hmm. need him for that. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> but nevertheless, like, yeah, 13, four, 13 and four and 20 and nine, it's just not going to cut it. Like you're going to have to be more efficient than that. Um, and, and mm-hmm. five of 16 shooting for, for CP three and seven of 16, which seven of 16 is reasonably okay. Um, but five of 16, like, no, that, that, that just, that's not going to cut it. Um, and obviously their, their shot count, you know, as far as 16 shots for James Harden is is really low, but uh, obviously they didn't play the whole game. I mean, the game was out of reach 
um, well before it was uh, well before it was over. But anyway, uh, continue. No, I mean to me that's that's what they have to do, and I felt as though game two is an aberration. I mean, what did we just say in, in the last series? They did exactly what you expected them to do, which is win at home. Um, to me, Golden State is just showing you that you know. <laughs> They're not gonna let what I can. I feel as though they consider their little brother um, beat them in this series. They're just not. They're not. And if you're if you're telling me that Houston wins one in Golden State, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Golden State yeah. wins this one tomorrow to make it three one, and then possibly, even though I'm sticking to five games, I'm not mm-hmm. moving from that. Possibly. They get one back home, and then I think Golden State can can finish it out. Um, but I'm sticking yeah. to five games. I do not think the I think that last game with Golden State was more of a was more of a testament than Houston's game in Game Two. That was just Golden State reminding everybody that don't forget we don't only have one great scorer. We have three, and on any given yeah. point, one or two of those three can explode. And there's just yeah. nothing you can do. Um, so I mean, you had a bad game from Steph in Game Two. No one expected him to to do the same in Game Three. They expected him to come out uh, guns blazing, and that's exactly what he did. That's exactly yep. what he did. Uh, him and Durant just took that game by storm and let Houston know, nah, not this year. <laughs> Maybe next year if you get LeBron, but not this yeah. year. So I'm sticking to five games. But if Houston wants to make it seven games and, and win the series, Harden has to do 30 and 10 religiously, and Chris Paul has to stay between 15 and 20 uh, points and 10 assists religiously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, the biggest thing is they have to limit their iso balls and move the rock. Because um, the more they run this iso ball, Things. I mean, we saw it in game one. We saw a fair amount of it in game three. They're just not – you can't beat the Warriors playing like that. Like, I'm not saying you don't ever do it. I mean, you can do it some, like, but you can't You can't rely on it, you know, play after play. Um, and Dan Tony also better figure out a way to hide Harden on defense. I mean, they just made him look like a joke, like – in game three, I mean, game two, they they did it to Curry. Like, Houston did it to Curry. And it, I, I feel like it was just like Steve Kerr was like, you know what, let's just do that to Harden. Like, let's do what they did to Steph to Harden. Um, and they did. And, you know, it, I mean, he's just he, – he, he's, he's not a plus defender. Um, he doesn't have, like, elite athleticism. Um, so, it's, it's, you know, hard for him to kind of keep up with guys. Um, so they, they just need to do a slightly better job of hiding him on defense. I don't think that was a priority for them coming into game three. Uh, that obviously needs to be a priority for them going into game four. Um, the Rockets have not lost back-to-back games in these playoffs. So I'm optimistic that they can win game four and, and take it back home tied. Um, I'm still I'm still really kind of leaning towards Golden State, even though I just so desperately want Houston to win. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I, I think the biggest thing for me is just move the fucking rock and hide Harden on defense. 
because um, when you move the ball, uh, everybody touches it, everybody gets involved, uh, everybody essentially gets like the feel for a game. I like I know that it's not something you can measure uh, analytically, but anybody who's played basketball in their life like knows that you need that. You need the feel for the game, and in order to do that, you need the ball. You you need to touch the ball. You need to pass the ball. You need to dribble the ball. Like, you can't just – and this is one of the biggest problems that I have in Cleveland when they're not playing well. They're not getting everybody involved. Every you got people standing outside, like, on the three-point line waiting for LeBron to do something. Um, and, and that's essentially what you got with this Houston team when they're not playing well. You're just waiting on either CP3 or James Harden to do something. Um, so you're just kind of standing there, and like it, it doesn't. It, it usually doesn't work. It takes a very, very um, rare player effective in that scenario. Like one off the top of my head that I can think of is like Robert Ory. Like Robert Ory was not a fixture. He was not a guy you would ever like design a play for. But you know, you pass him the ball and he was open. He was probably going to make the shot. That's why they call him Big Shot Bob. Um, but it's 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 a it's a rare thing. Like most most players don't operate that way, and you know they just have to they have to do that. Uh, and one other thing, like they need to just bench Bamute, man. He's he's I feel like he's obviously still hurt um, because his play has been atrocious. Um, like he's you you I can't I can't tell you how many damn layups he's fucking missed in this series. Um, but I know it's a lot. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> he he has missed so many shots right at the rim. I was like, man, and I thought Ben Simmons was like having a bad series against <laughs> against the Celtics. Like, dude, this is atrocious. I can't believe you missed like seven shots at the rim or whatever it is. Um and he's not he's not giving you anything defensively. Like you know, I I thought before the series, all right, he's healthy. Like you, he's six foot nine, I think. You like you could put him on KD and like maybe slow him down a little bit. Now, like no, you can't. And if if he's not guarding KD, or if he's not effectively guarding KD, then why do you have him out there? He's not giving you anything offensively. Um, and that's what you want him there for. You want him to be able to like just slow down Kevin Durant a little bit. And nobody's slowing Kevin Durant down, so what's the point? You know, you, you need to try to slow everybody else down, and he doesn't match up with anybody else. So that would be another thing I would do. I, w- I would shrink my lineup essentially down to pretty much eight guys, maybe seven, actually. Yeah, I would, I would probably go seven um, for, my, for my main lineup. And I would, I would go your starters, obviously uh, – uh, CP3, Harden, Ariza, Tucker, Capella, and then have uh, Eric Gordon and Gerald Green, um, and try to work in those guys and do you know work a lot of small ball. Um, I, I feel like you would have to play somebody at the center. I mean, I guess I, I've Nene's been so bad. In fact, he didn't even play in Game Three. Um, like I guess maybe take put in Ryan Anderson. I mean, at least he could space the floor and, and, and hit some threes. Um, but, like, th- th- I think they need to shrink their lineup down, and I think they need to bench Bob Mute. Um But, you know, all that being said, 
even if they do everything, it, say let's say they do you know what I what I think they should do, and you know CP3 and Harden puts up the numbers that you think it takes. Like to me, that only guarantees them a chance at beating the Warriors. It doesn't guarantee that they beat the Warriors. <laughs> like that's how good this fucking team is, and that's how frustrating uh, they have made the league. Um, you know, essentially just by being such a titan. Uh, and it's, man, it's, it's crazy. Um, I want to ask you, I want to ask you this, uh, Juwan, uh, or, well, first, uh, anything to add to that before I ask you this question? Uh, no, I, I feel like you hit it right <laughs> on the hammer. Mute is somebody that you, if he couldn't at least help offensively, he could be a force defensively, at least trying to not stop Durant, but just be yeah. someone that can kind of like calm him down or slow him down. Yeah, could uh, put a reasonably sized body on him, you know. Right. Like, but if he can't, if he can't even do that, let's just let's 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 get out of here. <laughs> get him yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, he's he's just not he's not providing you with anything right now. Um, but what I this is what I want to ask you. Um, I'm not asking you what where you think he'll go. I'm gonna ask you where do you think would be the best place for him to go. So LeBron James got a big decision mm-hmm. this offseason. Um I, I feel like he's essentially got three like there's three legitimate contenders um to to, you know, pull him out of Cleveland. I think it's the Lakers, it's the Sixers, and it's Houston. Um, but I want to throw this out there. Um, I think the absolute best situation for him, and this, uh, to me, only the, the like the, uh, the only way that I would even like, if I was like his agent or, or in one of his, you know, um, one of his like inner circle, the only way I would even like suggest it is if they beat Boston. Um, but there, he could opt in and request to trade to the Boston Celtics, and I think that would actually be the very best situation for him. Um, essentially, and, and let me explain why. Um, we already know he can play with Kyrie. Now, um, Kyrie didn't like playing with LeBron in Cleveland or whatever, you know, whatever the scenario was. I think the biggest reason that he wanted out of Cleveland was because he's not not so much that he wanted to be the guy, um, which is kind of the narrative that everyone's painting. Um, I think it had more to do with two things. One, he knew that he was already included in a, in a trade discussion because that got out, um, and so that pissed him off. But also, he saw the writing on the wall, and he was like, ah, man, I don't want to be left behind on a team you know, and have to play like a whole year of my career, you know, in, in Cleveland and, you know, then have to leave after LeBron's already left and blah, 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 blah. I think that probably factored in uh, an immense amount. And I think we'll find all that out eventually. Um, I think, you know, there there will come a point in time where Kyrie will talk about, you know, the real reasons behind why he left. But aside from the, those, you know, speculative reasons, we already know he plays well with Kyrie. You fit him into Brad Stevens' system, and you get him to commit to like actually playing small forward and not playing point forward. Um, like because essentially, 
what, what I would suggest is this. You get him to buy into playing team basketball and not being the guy who has the ball in his hands at all time and is always making all decisions. Uh, that team would be unstoppable. Like, if you had Kyrie Irving, uh, Jalen Brown, LeBron James, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford, first of all, all those guys can hit threes. So, like, that's like a match made in heaven for LeBron. Um, and in this deal, you would be giving up uh, Gordon Hayward. Like, Cleveland would get Hayward. Um, and maybe, yeah, I don't know, maybe a pick. Um, but beggars can't be choosers, so probably not even that. Um, <laughs> but, like, that team would be sick. You got Marcus Smart and Rogier off the bench. Um, and, uh, you know, your other supporting cast. Like, whew. That team would be unstoppable. That team, coached by Brad Stevens, would beat the Warriors, in my opinion. Like, they would be favored to beat the Warriors. They would easily dominate the the East um, for years to come. Uh, to me, I like, don't get me wrong, I don't think he will do it because um, he, he's always had that, like, rivalry mentality against Boston, you know. Like, Boston was a team that, you know, won it in 2008 after, like, knocked him off in 2008, um, you know, when he had gone to the finals the year before, um, and they were, like, the big contender against the Miami Heat when he joined them. So, like, I don't, I don't think he'll join Boston, but I think he should. Only if he wins. I, like, he can't – he couldn't do it if, he, if they lose this series because then there would be the KD comparisons and he doesn't need that kind of drop. But, like – do you agree with me that if he wins this series, he should go to Boston? Um, no. No. Ah. Um, and I'll say the biggest reason why is I wanted Kyrie to go by um to to go to go solo. And the idea No, 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 but that's not the question I'm asking. I'm not talking about Kyrie. I'm talking about LeBron. No. Like I know. I'm saying if if Kyrie wasn't there, Celtics would be a perfect spot for LeBron. I mean, just I don't think it perfect, matters. Like Taylor I'm, made it, him. Well, I'm no, saying, no, no. And look, listen, but listen. I'm not. I'm not saying what should the Celtics do. I'm saying what should LeBron do. Like right. And I'm you still want, saying you want the it. best possible the best possible scenario for you is to go to the Boston Celtics and play with four different guys who can shoot threes. A guy you've already played with who you know you trust. Like, I'm not saying Kyrie would like it. I'm not even saying the Celtics would do it. And I don't think LeBron would, would inter, really entertain it. I just think he, it, it makes so much fucking sense. Like, on, I like, honestly, you know, I, would go, go ahead. I would go two other teams before them. Uh, I mm-hmm. get what you're saying, and I'm not, I'm not dismissing it, but I would go two other teams before the Celtics. Actually, three. I would go three other teams before the Celtics if I was LeBron. Okay. Um, I would go Sixers, Houston, and then if there were any possible way I could talk to Kawhi, I'd see about the Spurs. I'd see about the Spurs. I feel as though they have movable assets. I don't know about their draft picks. You're, uh, you definitely would, would know more um, than I do. Um, well, they have the, but they I have the number with, 18 overall pick, and that's got some value. It's a pretty deep draft. Right. So if I if I were LeBron, I'd go those three teams first, and if obviously if that wasn't working, then yes, I, I would definitely hitch my uh, my wagon to the Celtics. But I feel I 
if I was him, I would definitely feel stronger about those three teams and Why, then work my way to Boston. Sixers yeah, like, and Bede I, Simmons, and Bede Simmons to me, that team and uh, what they can surround everything else with, perfect. Taylor May. Taylor May. And those are big time guys. Then you go Houston. CP3, James Harden. Those are two really great guys to align yourself with. Sure. And then Spurs. A lot of, a lot of, lot of ball dominant, a lot of ball dominant ISO play, and you know you got a coach in Dan Tony who's never been able to win it all that. Right. It, it, there's a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks in Houston. There is. But if you could make it work, Harden, CP3, LeBron, that that would definitely be a, a great setup. Uh, it would be last, a contender. That's first. for sure. Like. Right. They might even be, be favorite against the Warriors. Um, and then lastly, even though not lastly, I'd, I'd put this before Houston, he loves Popovich. I mean, he loves Popovich, and Popovich loves him. And if you can get Kawhi to stay, so you're talking LeBron, Kawhi, and LaMarcus Aldridge, wouldn't really matter what else is surrounded Like, what else is surrounded by that? You could have yeah. Kawhi guard the best player uh, day in and day out. You could have LaMarcus Aldridge, who can stretch. He can. He, he doesn't seem that comfortable doing it, but he can stretch. Um, and then LeBron would just pretty much be the floor general of, of all that. So, and Greg Popovich is a guy that I completely trust to surround that team with just great talent and shooters if that's what it needed. Um, so, to me, I would go Sixers, Spurs, then Rockets. And then, like I said, if none of those work out, then yes, I would definitely um, attach to the, uh, the Boston Celtics. Yes, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I don't think the Celtics are in play. Um, I just, for me personally, you know, for all the reasons I, I went through, I think that makes the most sense. Um, put it this way, if I were to try to construct a team to beat the Warriors, that would be the team. Like, if I wanted to join a team that I thought really had a chance to beat the Warriors, it would be Boston um, because – a, because they've always played the Warriors well. B, because they have Brad Stevens. Like, could you imagine the plays that Brad Stevens would draw up out of timeouts for LeBron James? Like, oh my God, dude. It would be crazy. But, but um, Nick, think about this. You're talking best team to beat Golden State. You're telling me that a, Le- a healthy LeBron, a healthy um, Kawhi Leonard, and a healthy LaMarcus Aldridge couldn't get that done? With Popovich oh, no. being the no, 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 no. coach, I'm not. I'm not saying they couldn't get it done. I'm saying I don't know if I'd favor them. I'd favor the Celtics. Oh, you so you still I wouldn't? Would, you still wouldn't favor them? I don't think so. I mean, you still got okay. four All Stars, including Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, who are two of the six best players in the league. Probably five, maybe. Like, um, like, I mean. You you've got two of the five you know the best players in the league on the Spurs too, but then you know you've also got uh, you know if you're if you're the um, if you're the Warriors you've got four of the best what twenty five players I feel I feel like that's even being modest probably four of the twenty best players uh, in the NBA whereas you know the Spurs your fourth player you kind of fall off a little bit now I, I would have a lot of faith in, in Pop to be able to coach that team um, but. I don't know, man. I, I think I would still probably slightly favor um, – I, I still kind of slightly favor Golden State, whereas, like, if I had 
LeBron added into that mix that they got going on in Boston. Essentially, he just replaces Gordon Hayward. Like, <laughs> that, team, that team's going to win a title without a doubt. Like, they're, they're going to be amazing. Fair enough. Well, that's all, that's all that I, I asked. Fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, no, I, I, I think he'll probably, if, if, Houston, if Houston loses a series, I think he'll go to Houston. Um, if they don't lose a series, I think he'll go to Philadelphia. I think that's that, that's what's in the cards. Um, I don't think he'll go to Boston. Um, besides, it would be, God, like, <laughs> it, it, at least the finals would be fun, but, man, it would be boring <laughs> to watch, like, just Golden State run over everybody in the West and Boston run over everybody in the East. I, I like, I, I legitimately, I hope, he goes, I hope he goes to Houston. I hope we see a shakeup where he goes to Houston um, you know, Sixers trade for Kawhi, sign Paul George, and you know, essentially the Celtics just get healthy, and then we have two juggernauts in both conferences, and uh, you know, we bring a, at least a little bit of parity back. Um, I know Joel would probably say we need more parity than that, but sorry, Joel, she's yeah. not in the cards. <laughs> like Kevin Durant went to Golden <laughs> State. What are you gonna do? Um, but let's move on. Uh, we got a few more topics to get to. Carl uh, Anthony Towns is reportedly not happy in Minnesota. Um, I don't remember if it. I think it was me and Luke who, who who broke down this conversation, but I think I think you agreed with us, or maybe maybe you were there for it. I can't remember. Um, I man, I, I feel like Minnesota's got to fucking fire Tom Thibodeau, dude. Like you're. Your young star player, the second best player on your team, your best future player, because um, I mean he's a lot younger than Jimmy Butler, isn't happy. You got to fire the coach, man. You got to make a change. He's not happy. They played like Tibbs, like the way that he constructed their game plan for Houston was totally wrong. Rollington Downs is your best three-point shooter. I don't care if he's a center. He's your best three-point shooter. Why is he not taking any threes? Why are you trying to have him battle in the paint against Clint Capella, who is statistically, this season, the best rim protector in the league? Makes no fucking sense. Um, but he's not happy. Um, do, you know, do you see anything coming of this? Do you think they'll just, like you know, essentially work it out, or do you see maybe a trade coming, uh, you know, uh, coming down the way uh, in which maybe Carl Anthony Towns gets shipped for, um, you know, maybe potential assets that can net them somebody else? Well, if you're at Timberwolves, you can't trade Cat. And the reason why I say that is you have another guy there who wants to, who wants to leave too. So you have yeah. Wiggins that wants to go. You have Cat that wants to go. And you think Jimmy Butler will re-sign? Why? Because Tibbs is there? No. <laughs> There's not that much loyalty in this world. No. No. He's not going to re-sign <laughs> to be with Tibbs well, and to help rebuild. Thing. Here's, here's my thing, though. What what if they trade both of them? And, like, just, like, I see, here's the thing. And, and the only reason I say this is because Tom Thibodeau is in charge of both coaching and GM responsibilities. So I could, if they let him do it, I don't, see, I don't, 
I feel like if you're the owner of the team, you're like, no, <laughs> like you're not trading Carl Anthony Towns. I don't care what we get back. It's not going to be enough to justify. Like, unless you get back somebody who is currently better than Carl Anthony Towns, we're not doing that. Um, now, Wiggins I'm a little more flexible with because Wiggins just signed that big contract, and, you know, if you can get some, some good value back for him, fine. Uh, but nevertheless, like, I could see a scenario in which Tom Thibodeau at least tries to trade both of those guys for more veteran players to try and build a contender right away, um, both to keep Jimmy Butler and because that's that's Tom Thibodeau's mentality. Like he's that's why he made the Butler trade. He's like, I don't want to be patient. I want to win now. Well, I tell you this: you want to win now, you can't get rid of both. Wiggins and Cat. You want to get rid of Wiggins? I don't know. Sure. It depends by, who you by get. By all means. Like, let me it let does, me say this. Let me, throw, let me let me wait. Let me throw this out there. Just let me let me entertain me for a second. What if you trade? Um, let's say let's say Phoenix is willing to give up the number one overall pick at number sixteen to get Carl Anthony Towns. I feel like that's a, a reasonable estimate of what it would take because, you know, whoever you take with the number one overall pick, despite what anybody says, is still a question mark. You don't know how they're going to do in the league. Like, you may think DeAndre Ayton's going to be a superstar. You may think Luka Doncic is going to be a superstar. But they're still a question mark. So let's say you're like, we're willing to give up number one and number 16 to get Carl in and town. So let's say that Phoenix is on board with that. And then let's say San Antonio is like, we love Luka Doncic. So you you keep 16, you ship one over to uh, San Antonio, and then you take back Kawhi Leonard, and then you work out the contracts. You know, you have some, some fill-in, maybe throwing, I don't know, Cole Aldridge. He's, uh, he's like an $8 billion a year expiring contract. Um, like just to make the money work or something like that. So let's say you can you can pull that off and you can get Kawhi Leonard uh, for Carl, Carl Anthony Towns, and then maybe you can ship Andrew Wiggins to get pieces that would work around that. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think there are moves that could be made uh, that could make sense. And if you had, you know, Jimmy Butler and, uh, and Kawhi Leonard and were able to get some kind of return for Andrew Wiggins that – like let's say let's say this let's say you could pull off the the trade that Luke loves so much and you could get Kimball Walker, um, you could put together a package uh, where you send Andrew Wiggins and get Kimball Walker. Um, so then your starting lineup would essentially be uh, Kimball Walker, uh, Jimmy Butler, um, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Taj Gibson, and Gorgie Jane, uh, who's better defensively than Carl Anthony Downs. He's not anywhere close to the, you know, offensive player that Towns is, but he's, he's better defensively. Um, that's, I don't know. That's a, that's a good fucking squad. Well, my biggest question mark is you have Kawhi that wants to get out of San Antonio, uh, mainly because of what's going on upstairs, but also because he wants to be in a larger market. So I don't see Minnesota being able to get him to convince him to stay long term. I think Kawhi obviously Kawhi would have to go for for next year. Minnesota, um and play there. 
Minneapolis is actually a pretty big market, though. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but it's not, think about it's it like not this. in New York or I in L.A., but it's way bigger than San Antonio. From Kauai, I'm not like I'm not signing uh, an extension or a new contract in Minnesota without actually testing free agency. And if he tests free no, agency, I, I'll I give can you almost that. guarantee you, I can almost guarantee you he won't stay there. So I mean, if you can, if you can get him, if you can get him as soon as you trade him, like let's say you trade him in the off season or draft day, whatever, and you can get him in the off season to commit to a long term deal, cool. Yes, your trade is perfect, perfect because you can definitely at that point get Kemba. Uh, well, I think Kemba still has two or three years. I, I could be wrong, but maybe only has no. He only has um, yeah, he only has a year left. Yeah, so you can get Kemba to stay long term. You can get Jimmy to stay long. So, yeah, that that could be something special. You're absolutely correct. I just wouldn't we'll spend money. We'll say this, though. Your three best players would be up for contract renewal at the end of the season. So, if it doesn't work out and all three leave, you are so fucked. Yeah, you are. You you, you really are. And, and like I said, because it, it only takes one. Because let's say you make that trade, right? If – Kawhi Leonard says, nah, there's no way I'm staying in Minnesota. Are you serious? And he goes. Then Kimba's going to go, you know what? Maybe I do want to test free agency, even though, you know, they could prob- probably throw crazy money at me. Let me try Let me just test free agency. He hasn't actually been a free agent yet. So let me test it. He tests it, yeah. and Jimmy Butler goes, all right, well, hold on. If those two guys yeah, are gone, I- I'm not about to stay here I'm and out. rebuild. <laughs> so yeah. you lose all three. I'm gonna fo- so I'm all I'm saying I'm gonna just is follow- – I'm just going to follow Kawhi to L.A. Like, like, exactly. I, I think that's what so, I want to I mean, do. <laughs> albeit, if, if, if your trade works and they stay long-term, even if just two guys stay long-term, then it's worth it. Because, yeah. because if you think about it, you're giving up Wiggins and Cat, and you're keeping Kawhi and Jimmy or Kawhi and uh, Kemba. So it'll still work out. But if even one of those guys decides to leave, you could possibly have a domino effect, and now you've lost yeah. everything. So that's, that's my true. only – if I'm Minnesota, that's the only thing that worries me. And if I were there, oh, yeah. I'd focus more on getting getting cat. Like, you know, like, listen, whatever we did wrong, let's fix it, stay. So at least if you do those trades, like let's say if you package Wiggins or, or whatever, and you can get pieces, you still know Jimmy Butler does leave or something like that. You still have cat, and you can build around that. Um, yeah. But, no, I, I will say I do like your trade. It is a really, really, really good trade. It just scares me that if one goes, everything could fall apart. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. Ultimately, I would not do it. I'm just saying I could see Thibodeau, like, essentially doing it. Like, I, I could see him, <laughs> like, if if they let him, you know. But, like, that again, like, I, I'm going to say it again. Like, if I'm Minnesota, if I'm the ownership group, or the owner, or whatever. Like I'm like, dude, we we gotta fire Tom Thibodeau. Like you, you just, see, he's not, you know, you know, you know, it sucks for Minnesota, working, man. You know, it sucks for them. They missed a great opportunity because I would have loved to see Booten over there in Minnesota. Yeah, I thought he. Could've, I was. I oh my god! I was just about things. to say that. Yes, I'm sorry. He would have been sorry. perfect for them. Oh no, 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 no! I, I'm not like Joel. I don't care that you. And stole my thunder or whatever. Um, <laughs> no, dude, I agree with you 100%. Like that would that would have been an excellent move because he would have been great um, with that that sort of cast of characters. 
Um, and I, I think he would have actually been like your ideal coach. And like, they're so much better put together of a team than, uh, than uh, Milwaukee. Plus, he, he's got experience coaching Jeff Teague, so maybe he can get a little more out of Jeff Teague than Thibodeau has been able to do. Um, and, like, I mean, he's just – he's a really good coach. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, like, here's the thing. Like, Wiggins, you know, Wiggins – the report came out that Wiggins wasn't happy um, maybe three-quarters of the way through the season. Now our report's coming out in the off season that Carl Anthony Towns wasn't happy. Uh, Jordan Crawford has already um, – I don't think he can do it officially – um, maybe he has, I'm not sure, but he's, he's said that he's going to opt out and go into free agency. Like he's not, he's not opting in. Um, and he's essentially giving up, uh, like $5 million, um, which he's like a 38 year old, uh, six man. Um, if that now, like probably not even like he might be taking a pay cut to, to explore free agency, but he just don't want to be there, you know, like, I feel like that is Tom Thibodeau is an old school coach who's trying to coach in in a in a essentially a system uh, or not a system but he's trying to implement a system that is archaic and it, man I just feel like you got to get rid of him get rid of him and and just find anybody else find whoever you think is going to be the best coach to 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 take this team moving forward I don't give a fuck hire Jason Kitt. Like just uh, hire just somebody else. <laughs> like, <laughs> like seriously, dude. He's just he's he's not working. And <laughs> what's gonna happen is, you know, if you keep him, I feel like, like you said, there's no amount of loyalty that's going to keep like Jimmy Butler there. Like, essentially, Jimmy is probably going to leave in the off season and then you're back to where you were minus all the players that you gave up for Jimmy. And, you know, like that, that's just not a scenario you want to be in. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out, but I, I, that would be my move. My move would not be trading Carl Anthony Towns. My move would be, uh, firing Tom Thibodeau and, and finding somebody who could, uh, you know, make my players happy, uh, because essentially you're 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 not you're not there to make the guys that you've coached in the past happy. <laughs> you're there to make all right. of your guys happy and to coach them uh, to the best of your ability and not to run them into the fucking ground like you did Luol Deng and Derrick Rose. Um, so yeah, man, I feel like that's what they need to do. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Um, the Suns, they are not married to a selection of the number one overall pick, which they drew in the draft lottery. Um, essentially, I mean, their their GM just kind of came out and said it and said there are a few veteran players around the league that they would be like willing to to you know explore possibilities of trading the pick for. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns, I think, would definitely be one of those guys um, who, you know, is is among the topic of conversation for them. 
Um, of course, you've got Devin Booker and, and Towns are really good friends. They played uh, at Kentucky together. Um, so I think that could be a very interesting uh, pairing. Uh, and like I said, I mean, if I, if I was them, I would give up 1-16 for Towns just because as much as it, as much as I love Luka Doncic, he's still a question mark. Carl Anthony Towns is the opposite of a question mark. You're getting, <laughs> like, proven, fortified, like, legit center, uh, you know, which is something you need so desperately. And then, you know, you just try to, like, in my opinion, you try to sell a point guard um, on, on coming there, if not this off season, the next off season, or you make a trade for, you know, a point guard. Um, maybe John Wall, for example, um, who, you know, I, I feel like the um, Wizards are, you know, maybe in in some instance better off without him. Um, and they're, you know, scheduled to pay him like $40 million starting in two years. Uh, maybe something that they regret. Um, but nevertheless, what do you take from this? Um, do you think the Phoenix Suns should try to trade the pick to get better? I mean, obviously, Devin Booker has said um, publicly that he is done not making the playoffs. Like, he's so frustrated constantly being, you know, a, a team that's, a you know, a seller-dweller team. Um, and, you know, obviously he wants them to make that, that leap. Uh, but nevertheless, if, if do you really want to go all in now if you're the Suns? Maybe. I mean, they have a lot of assets. They're a really young team. They've they've drafted early for several years in a row. Um, so maybe it is time for them to make the move. Maybe they're like the Minnesota Timberwolves were last year, um, and they take a lot of these young pieces and turn it into um, you know a star like Jimmy Butler. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I go here. What do you think? Well, biggest thing I take away is <clears throat> if I'm the Hawks, the Hawks had the third pick or the second pick? Number one Next. overall pick. No, no, the the, the Hawks. We, we picked the day. Oh, the Hawks. The Hawks have the number three yeah. pick. Oh, number three. I was going to say if they had number two <laughs> – I would fight the sun. Why you gotta bring that up, man? <laughs> no, no, because I'm saying, because I'm saying, because it's like you wanted the number one overall pick. The team that gets it is saying, nah, I don't really want it. <laughs> if I was, if I was a Hawks, oh, I would fight. No, like fight I'm already sun. thrown out there. Like I would. There's not much I wouldn't give up to move move up to number one. Like I wouldn't give up John Collins, um, but just because he's he's young and I don't feel like that should be a deal breaker. Um, but right. anybody else, it, like Dennis Schroeder, Torian Prince. Um, yeah, I'm I'm there. Uh, most Hawks fans don't agree with me, though. They think it's blasphemous that I um, would even propose trading Torian Prince. Um, like, he's uh, – like it's like, dude, <laughs> yeah, he played really well last season. He's a really, really, really good role player. He's like, you know, essentially like a Robert Covington – all right. I would I would trade Robert Covington and a number three pick to move up to number one. Like I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. I just would, especially I mean, in this I, draft I, when there's when there's two there's 
two outstanding talents and everybody else is a question mark. I tell you what, if Carl Anthony Towns leaves um, Minnesota and you have Devin Booker expressing his frustrations, what's going to start happening, and I was telling you guys this, I, w- I really wish it would start happening more often, is you get your young guys to tell teams, like, listen, like, I am dope. Stop having me around losing for, like, four years. Like, do, do you know what that does? Like, those are prime years for me, and you have me here just, just being, you know, average. Devin Booker, for God's sake, what did, what did he drop that one game? Was it 70 or something like that? Yeah, 70 in Boston. Right. And you would think a guy who can do that would at least be able to be fighting for an eighth seed. They were nowhere near. So I can completely no. understand his frustration to where yep. it's just like, listen, I'm out here giving you guys everything I have. And you just, well, let me not say refuse, but you just, year after year, you're not surrounding me with anything. So if I'm Phoenix, I, I wouldn't be married to my first, uh, my first pick. I would want to surround the, uh, you know, Devin Booker with some veteran talent. I, I would 100% do it. And if I was Phoenix, the first place I would call after the report would be Minnesota. Like, listen, you want my number one overall pick? Because I would gladly take Cat. <laughs> Give me Cat and <laughs> take the number one overall pick so we can, yeah. uh, you know, go, go into free agency and build around those two. Because Devin Booker and Cat, you could definitely make some noise. If Donovan Mitchell and you know can lead that Jazz team the way that he did, I I completely believe with good coaching, Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns can at least be in contention for at least that eighth spot. Uh, I feel comfortable in saying that um, because there's just too much talent just purely between just those two. Um, so if I'm Phoenix, yeah, I, I'm not married to my first all first overall uh, draft pick mainly because I haven't drafted well. Or gotten free agent. Um, yeah. Since since the Nash, yeah, the best, Nash era. Yeah, I mean their best draft pick at, as of late was Devin Booker, and that was like number ten or eleven. Like that was like a right. later pick. And the only reason he dropped that low was because he was behind a couple older guys on the Kentucky roster. Like he was like their sixth man or something on that Kentucky roster right. just because he was a freshman. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean I. I kind of agree with you in a sense. Like, there's a part of me that's like, I feel like you could probably get Luka Doncic, or you could definitely, I mean, you got the number one pick, you could definitely take Luka Doncic. Um, But you could get Doncic, and then you could get Mitchell Robinson, who's a young young center. Um, He's very, uh, in fact, he didn't play any college ball. he, I think, it's it kind of a weird story. I think he he had like committed to Western Kentucky and then decommitted, and then he ended up going there, and then he left. And I, I'm not sure; it's a fucking weird scenario. But like, with yeah. one in sixteen, you you could conceivably like, you know, get your two guys of the future. Um, but uh, like, it's like like I said, still. It's a question mark. It's a question mark right. as to, like, maybe one of them works out and one of them doesn't. And maybe the guy who works out is never as good as Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe he's way better well, than Carl Anthony Towns. You, but my here's the thing, issue, you don't know. You know what you're getting with Carl Anthony Towns. If you can get Carl Anthony Towns, you trade those picks. Absolutely. But my biggest issue with Phoenix is 
Josh Jackson was a high draft pick last year, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, number three. Yeah, and he seemed to be pretty much non-existent last year. So it's like um, obviously drafting. I would, Go ahead, I'm sorry. I would, I would say he, for the majority of this season, he was disappointing. Um, I would say the last maybe 15 to 20 games, he started playing well. Um, like he started, he started finally figuring it out. Um, really, uh, I, I feel like he's going to be there for your defense um, because right. Booker is is not a, a not a top defender, um, and and he can defend really well. Uh, he really needs to work on his shooting because his shooting is so spotty, um, and and having a wing who can't shoot in today's NBA is just it's so devastating. Um, but no, I mean I, ultimately though I do agree with you. I mean um, if you look at their recent their recent draft picks, um, I mean there were a ton of like they would have been way better off taking Jason Tate. Um, yep. Or, you know, you, you look at um, uh, what was the, I think the draft before that was when they took Bender and Marquise Chris, uh, Dragon Bender mm-hmm. and Marquise Chris. Neither one of those guys have stepped up yet. They've had two seasons in the NBA and haven't done shit. Now, I'm not saying they can't do yep. shit. I'm just saying they haven't done it yet. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, their really only recent draft success was was Booker. I mean, they just they haven't really had. I now I do think Jackson is going to end up being a solid NBA player, probably an All Star at some point. Um, I, I think he has that kind of potential. Um, I don't think he's a superstar though, and any like he's he's not he didn't have that potential. Um, which is, again, why if you can get a superstar like Carl Anthony Towns, a guy who's going to be buying for, um, you know, second and third team all-NBA center, uh, you got to pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it, to me, Phoenix just doesn't have uh, a good history of it. If you can get a sure thing, get a sure thing, mainly because you have the number one overall pick. Majority of what people are saying they should get uh, with that pick is, is a guard. To me, you don't need a primary ball handler. Cause that's what Booker's looking to do, is to come yeah. up to court with the ball. So to me, you can just get a, a veteran point guard that can kind of help him, uh, you know, in, in clutch moments so he doesn't always have the ball. But to me, don't draft another guy that you have to then build. When you have a guy you're currently building that prefers to be your primary ball handler. So just, just trade it and get a sure thing like Cat, and then, you know, just take the money that you have that I believe that they have a lot of and build around that. Yeah. People would like to come play with Booker and Cat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be – in fact, like, if, you, if you were able to acquire Cat with as much salary cap as they have and as much, like, either expiring contracts or – contracts that only have two years left, like you could put together some interesting trade packages um, to get you a third star. Like it, like at that point in time, you like if you had both of those guys, you could be like, all right, like I don't know if we have the assets anymore, but maybe we could trade for Kawhi. Or, you know, maybe we could coerce 
Chris Paul and LeBron James to come here to play with Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns uh, and Josh Jackson. You know, like I mean, that'd be a hell of a lineup. So um, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's really in the cards, but I think you know it should be something that um, a team like Phoenix thinks about because um, they've just been they've they've been so bad for very very many years, and it's 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 time for them to uh, to essentially make a decision that will make them considerably better. And maybe that's it. Maybe you know maybe. Carl Anthony Towns or, you know, maybe even another player is it. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, finally, one last thing I want to discuss. So, Luka Doncic is uh, <laughs> the best European prospect we've ever seen. Uh, he won the uh, – recently, uh, this week – this past week, in fact, he won the um, EuroLeague MVP – he won the Final Four MVP of the EuroLeague, um, led his team to a championship, uh, Real Madrid, and uh, he is only 19 years old. Um, he is the youngest player to ever win the EuroLeague MVP, uh, and he has just looked incredible playing overseas. However... Um, a report came out a couple days ago uh, that essentially s- said, and this, this stems off of something that I guess Luca had, had stated, that he wasn't sure if he was going to, um, you know, essentially re-sign with Real Madrid um, or come over to the NBA. So he's going to enter the draft lottery, but he might opt to stay overseas, similar to what Ricky Rubio did. Um, he stayed overseas for a couple years um, after he was drafted by Minnesota. Um, but according to a report, I think it was from Bleacher Report, I want to say, um, he might opt to stay overseas if he gets drafted, um, even if, well, even if he gets drafted by uh, uh, an NBA team. So a lot of people have him going number one to Phoenix, which I think it, in that case, I mean, he would essentially come over right away. Um, uh, a report came out basically saying that the Kings and the Hawks were essentially going to look for um, American front court players in lieu of Luka Doncic, which would, you know, slot him down to fourth um, in the draft. I I question the credibility of this. I like I don't think you pass on a guy like Luka Doncic. I think um the only team that I could see passing on him is the Suns, even though they have his his former um coach for the uh um uh, Slovenian national team um because you can get DeAndre Ayton who, you know, if you can get the next Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid type player. Um, I would probably compare him more to Carl Anthony Towns because he he's not. Joel Embiid's actually really good defensively, um, and he and Cat are are, are not. Um, but like, if you can get if you can get that guy at number two, I I, I don't see how you pass on him. But I will say this: Sacramento Kings are. 
don't own their draft pick next year. So they need to like they need to take a guy who's going to play for them immediately and make an impact. So maybe I could see them passing. Hawks, no fucking chance. Uh, if Luka Doncic falls to number three, the Hawks would be fucking crazy to pass on him. Um, but my question to you is this: um, I know you don't you don't follow uh, the scouting as closely as I do, but given all that I've talked up Luka Doncic, um, you've heard it. You've heard. I know you've heard it. Um, huh. Like. Do you think there's any chance that who I think is the consensus number one guy in this draft uh, falls past number three? Do you think the Hawks are that fucking stupid? Uh, listen, for your sake, I pray not. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it it depends. I'll say this: it depends. Uh, shooter, who I think is a is a pretty decent shooter, uh, <laughs> that rhymes. Um, I think if you can get him to buy in to playing um, more so off the ball as, like, a two-guard, um, then you definitely need a, a, a primary ball handler. And Luka Doncic uh, is your guy. Um, yep. But if you're all in, if you're all in on, on Dennis, then it's like, why get another guard, especially one that, from what I hear, and I could be hearing this wrong, Luka isn't, like, a shooter. He, he is, like, a facilitator, uh, a playmaker. Um, so, yeah. Go ahead. No, he, I mean, he kind of is. He's like, I would kind of compare, I mean, he, to me, he's, he's a lot like LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. Like, not not in, like, that sort of elite athleticism, but, like, in the way of, like, he does look to get other people involved. But he's also a shooter. Like, he, he can score, um, and he can shoot the ball very well. Um but like, yeah, he's he's ultimately like if 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 you follow his game, he's he's an elite passer. Um, right. And, and I would agree. I would think um, essentially what you would want from him is like a a Donovan Mitchell type role, where mm-hmm. he doesn't control the ball all the time. Um, like you still have like a Ricky Rubio in the mix, um, but he he controls the ball half the time. Um, I like. I think that is the perfect situation for him, um, and I think he could coexist with Dennis fairly well. I don't know if it would work. Nice. I don't know if that would be like a, a championship contender lineup long term, uh, but I think he could coexist with him absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And if you can get those two to work together as well as Rubio and Mitchell did, then that that's a great uh, uh, front court for um, uh, Atlanta. So, I mean, that's definitely what I would want. So, I'm going to say this, because I've loved what Atlanta's done um, over the past 10, 15 years as far as con- being able to construct a winning culture there. Um, I have I have complete faith that they'll take the best available player uh, when it comes to them, whether it's Luka or whoever. Um, but if he does land in their lap, I do not see them going – no, nah, we don't want that guy. Let, let, let's get somebody else. I see them yeah. taking that uh, because what they've sorely missed for years is a really, really, really good point guard. Um, yeah. and that's one thing that you don't pass up if you can get it, uh, especially because he's not a, a ball-dominant kind of score-first kind of guy. He's a more so, like you said, LeBron. I want to get everybody else uh, going right. before I worry about myself. 
Um, so you don't pass on talent like that. So I'll go along the lines of Atlanta, if he's available, we'll select him. I like it. You you made me feel better about this whole situation. Um, <laughs> although I will say this, uh, the, the um, Atlanta Hawks Nation uh, page on Facebook, shout out to, uh, to them. I uh, very much enjoy our conversations. Uh, but they would, uh, m- the majority of them would uh, have me crucified for uh, even speaking of Luka Doncic uh, because they don't want him. <laughs> they don't want him at all, um, which is, it, it, it's, it's kind of funny to me, honestly. Um, but, you know, hey, like, you know, I get it. He's, he's a Euro player. Um, people never trust Euro players. They, they always say, but like Darko Milicic, he was so bad. Like, yeah, that's true. He was. There's, there's plenty. <laughs> well, look, there's been plenty of bad American players too, bro. <laughs> but look, what are you gonna do? You're confused about that. You're confused about that. I, I have a few Knicks pages that I follow that for some reason is ready to trade Kristaps. So I'm just oh, as God. confused as you are. Yeah. He, so I have he no had an idea. ACL injury. He, he'll never be the same. Trade him now while you can exactly. get something. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I don't. Um, yeah, there's always those people out there. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> All right, man. Well, that's that's gonna do it for us. Um, uh, we got anything uh, coming down the pipes? What you got? Uh, nothing that I want to promote yet. So by hopefully next Monday, we uh we have stuff we can fully promote. Awesome. Well, we look forward to next Monday. Uh, and we will see you on Thursday. Be sure to check out Wrestling Geeks Alliance this Wednesday, Geek Vibes Live on Sunday, uh, and we will see you on Thursday. Uh, thank you, Full Court Press followers, and we'll see you then. Peace. Peace.